Hello. Is there anybody there? Oh, hey, there you are. Hey, Jamie, how are you? I'm well. Can you see me? Yes, I can see you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> can, can you hear me okay? Yep. Yes, I can. Thank you so much for oh, taking awesome. the time to do this. Totally. I just want to warn you, my daughter might interrupt us. I told her not to, but... <laughs> oh, you know what? That makes for the best <laughs> podcast. She's, yeah. wa she's watching cartoons in the next room, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so is mine, so you're okay. <laughs> right on, and my dog is here too, but she has a bone, so. Oh, beautiful, she, wonderful. She should be good. <laughs> well, I'll, tr I'll try to uh, be as succinct and swift as I can, but I do appreciate your time uh, doing this. So I really want to cover just about everything because you're a, an incredibly complex person and your bio speaks so many different directions and so many wonderful things. But, oh, wow, um, thanks. I, I am curious if it's okay with you, if we can start yeah. at the beginning, uh, sure. as they say in the theater, uh, from the top, right? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you're from Missouri, right? Correct. Yeah. That's where I was born. Uh, what was that like? Well, you know, I had a pretty idyllic childhood in a lot of ways. I, I grew up on a literal riverbank. Hmm. Like we lived, um, out in the country, my mom and my dad and I, and, um, on the Osage river. And, um, we had a cabin and we were right on a riverbank. And so my, my early childhood was just like really wonderful in terms of like just the natural world. You know, I did a lot of exploring and, um, just, we, you know, I, I had three dogs <laughs> and spent a lot of time with, with my dogs, but I was also, an, you know, as an only child. So mm. I was also pretty lonely as a kid, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that part, I really, I feel like it's in my bones, you know, that natural <laughs> world. You feel like you have Midwest. to go back to that every now and then, like you have to recharge because you're in Portland now, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm in Portland now. Um, I've been out here for, I was just thinking, it's, gosh, it's still, it'll be 20 years, I think, this fall. Oh, wow. So which I, is wild. I imagine Missouri <laughs> is, a, is a distant memory at this point. It is something that kind of sits in the background more often than not. Yeah, well, I think I come I come back to it in a lot of my poems just because that's where I grew up and that's where I was a kid, you know. Um, but it's interesting thinking about like I've now lived in Portland, I guess the same amount of time that I lived there, which is interesting, right? As you get oh, older, yeah, you think yeah. about how your life turns out. <laughs> <laughs> no, ab absolutely. But that's one of my fascinations. I because I was raised in Wyoming, I was raised in Mexico and Wyoming, and so I was a little mm -hmm. bit of in, in yeah. between. I find that those formative years, it just informs so much about who we are. And in particular, I mean, knowing that you're drawn to nature or knowing that you had that perspective of being an only child, like I can imagine that's mm -hmm. very refined from an early age. Or did you ever feel like that? Like from the get go or, you know, mm -hmm. from a younger age, like I kind of know what my perspective is, or is that something that has always been ongoing? Well, you know, what's interesting is like, I think I spent so much time alone as a kid. Um, my companions were really like books mm -hmm. um, and animals. And then um, I don't really know if I knew my perspective then, but I just always had a feeling that I was a little bit different. You know, I, as a kid, I identified as a tomboy. Um, I loved sports. You know, I was always a little bit more masculine than other girls in my class. I went to Catholic school. Oh, so goodness. I was taught from like an early age, sort of like how to be a girl. And I don't think I ever really, um, fully felt like I fit that mold, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but which what what added to that the dimension of my childhood is that like even though I grew up an only child, when my when I was about 13, my parents got divorced. And then my father remarried when I was 14 and his 
second wife had six kids. Oh, wow. So when I was 14, I got six siblings. <laughs> right and that was like, talk about like culture shock. I was like, what is happening? And also it was, I had three brothers and three sisters. So um, I kind of felt like it was the Brady Bunch, but then there was me and I'm like, well, where do I fit in? So I think mm. that feeling of being different, you know, couple that with like adolescence and then that situation, you yeah. know, it was kind of a yeah. difficult time for me. Um, but, you know, like now we're all really close. Um, my my father and my stepmom, they had three more kids together. And so now I have nine siblings. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, we're about to have a big reunion in a couple months in South Carolina, which, you know, a lot of us have, have kids and spouses now. So it's like, we're just this, this big old ragtag bunch. And it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, but, you know, as a kid, I don't think I ever would have known I was going to get siblings like that. Because I think, you know, when I was young, I was like, man, I wish I had a brother or sister. But I, I just kind of assumed I'd be an only child forever, you right. know? Yeah. And, and life so, kind of throws different turns and twists and different types of surprises. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. If, yeah. You remind me of something I wanted to ask you about your parents, but primarily I wanted to begin yeah. with your writing and where that started. Do you remember like the first writings that you did or how that came to be in your life? Well, what's interesting is I don't really remember writing um, as a little kid, except for we had um, in my Catholic school, I remember in first grade, there was this like this little literary journal called Chrysalis. And I remember in our in our classroom, they had us write poems. And um, I remember the poem that I wrote to this day. It, it went like this. My first poem, it was about my dog, of course. <laughs> it, was, um, it was it went like this. It went, my dog, Toby, shoes on shoes. He likes to play catch. He likes to play fetch and catch. He sometimes feels blue. <laughs> and it turned out they picked my poem for the journal, and it was like it ended up being this whole. Um, I think it was like in the whole city. So I I grew up um, in a pretty small town outside of it's called Wardsville. But my I went to high school in Jefferson City. So Jefferson City was sort of like the closest city to where we all lived, and. Um, I think the the journal was sort of like a citywide project because I still have it. I have it oh, cool. that one from first grade. And then in second grade, I also had a poem in like the one in second grade that was also <laughs> about my dog. Um, <laughs> I forget how that one went, but um, I think that was like my first sort of entry point into poetry, um, mm. which is kind of a cool project. I'm just like, I'm not sure if like the schools here in Portland do that sort of thing, or even if they still do it back in Jeff City, but yeah. Um, can you, you know, imagine it's kind yeah, of cool. for a young child to experience something like that? I mean, it's just like the stars and the moon, you know, coming right down and, and just celebrating with you. Oh, it just seems yeah. like a huge thing. Yeah. And to have your name in print. I remember my parents were so proud. They're like, that's my daughter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was also like yeah. artwork and stuff. Yeah. Um, no, that's. But then, yeah. yeah, I think like I also was just always reading. Um, and then I had another moment, I think. In my when I was a little bit older in eighth grade, I had this really wonderful eighth grade teacher, uh, Miss Hannah. Shout out to Miss Hannah. She was just like one of those. She was like known as like the cool teacher in school, you know. Um, and she like really cultivated my creativity and just with her her comments on my my papers and stuff. And mm. I remember just like writing these sort of like outrageous um, spelling sentences, just really quirk like quirky stuff with animals doing like. I don't know, like human sort of things. I can't even think of any examples. And but she, her, her, like her comments in the margins, I remember like they really fueled something in me. Like yeah, I wanted to write yeah. things for her. 
And that was like the, the first time I think I felt like, oh, I can maybe like, this is kind of fun. I can like do this. But I hadn't really thought of it as something I would do when I was older. It just was sort of like a part of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially given that you were a big reader and eventually became a librarian, right? If, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, I don't have my library degree, but I work um, as a library assistant, which is sort of like a that librarian. Except I'll take like, it. Less, yeah, less, <laughs> it's less, well, I always have to feel like I have to say, like, I didn't go to library school, but um, I, yeah, I definitely, like, work the reference desk. I work with kids. It's actually, it's so wonderful. I've, I've worked for the library here in Portland for 15 years now. Oh, wow. And the, That's awesome. Yeah, and the cool, the cool part is that, like, it's... um the one I work at is pretty close to my, my daughter's school, our neighborhood school. So I see a lot of overlap with the families at her school. And oh, it's just really cool to see like, to see the kids and, and to see them, them like, look at me and be like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? Like, why are you at the library? I'm like, oh, like, hey, the, I'm going to help you find some books. The two worlds are combining. That's weird. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the looks on their faces, they're like, wait, what? Uh, why are you here? Because I also volunteer at, at their school library, which is like mm. so sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah, that's a, that sounds like a, a remarkable, fulfilling life, especially given that it's something that, I mean, we, we need to fund libraries. That's just my personal opinion. We need we need yes. to like dump as much money as humanly possible on libraries just because of the good that they do for communities. But to be in the Definitely. thick of that, I mean, I can imagine that that you you're working at the library and getting fueled or inspired to put pen to paper is do you feel like the relationship between your writing and the the things that you do at work kind of work together now or do you have some kind of system there oh definitely I mean I'm not sure if it's a great system but like I <laughs> I I'm always getting ideas for poems kind of like at the worst possible moments um and I have a pretty terrible memory so I you know I think when I was younger I I, I would always like you know maybe I'd have an idea for something and then I think okay I'm gonna get back to that and then I learned pretty quickly that like, if I didn't put it down immediately, it was gone. <laughs> you know, I think actually like Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book about that. She has a book about creativity that um, she talked about how like, you know, it's almost like this like muse is visiting you, right? Yeah, and then yeah. if you are, if you're ready and open to that, that sort of perspective or that idea, it'll use you as a vessel. But if you're not open to it, it'll go to the next person. And so right, I think that happens right. to me all the time. So uh, yeah, at work, like I basically am always grabbing a piece of paper, writing an idea down. So I'll come home with like my pockets full of just like scraps of paper. And I mean, it's not the most like organized <laughs> no, I, system. I totally but... get you. Um, I, I used to work at a, a motor vehicle department, you know, doing the license plates and yeah. registrations. It was like, go, go, go all the time. And the mm -hmm. only thing that I would have at a certain point would be envelopes where we would send out the registration. So I found yeah. like a stack of envelopes where on my breaks, I would just like do like something, you know, there would yeah. always be just like a little thing there, but it does feel like you're channeling something or something's coming mm -hmm. from, from someplace from the nether or wherever. Um, and yeah, it's I'm, so mystical. yeah, I'm curious if, because I don't know, I mean, the, just with, yeah. with a complete sense of humility, I still have no idea. And I think the more I ask people, the less I feel like I know, but. Is there a kind of spirituality to the writing? Is there any oh. kind of thing there for you, given that maybe as with mm -hmm. your Catholicism or, or maybe a kind of background in that? Do you think there's some of that there for you? I mean, that's a good question. I feel like I've had to in some ways, like as a gay person, almost make my own spirituality 
especially because right. like, you know, I, I, off, I feel very rejected by the Catholic church because mm-hmm. of my gayness. And mm-hmm. it's been sort of a, a, a point of contention with some, some members of my family, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I do think that writing is a place where I do feel at peace, kind of yeah. similar to like, um, you know, similar to how I feel in nature. Right. I actually wrote a poem about like, there's a, a poem that I wrote about my daughter, um, collecting rocks along this river. Oh, you know? actually, I think and, you, you read that when I, I watched one of your readings and I, oh, got, cool. oh man, my son loves rocks, by the way. Like he's, he's obsessed. Yeah. He has a little rock tumbler. It's, it's amazing. But I, I just got to say, I mm-hmm. absolutely love that beautiful poem. It's just so oh, spot you. on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the point I was going to like say was just like the part about like, like holding river rocks. That's that to me, that feels like a prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like there is something that happens when I'm writing a poem. Um, I, I do almost leave myself. I don't know. Um, I can get very focused on, on writing and it could also just be the way my brain is wired, you know, but it does feel, it does feel holy, you know, especially if you're thinking about, you know, trying to reach people who maybe, I don't know, haven't always felt represented or, or listened to. Cause I, I'm all about just like connecting to those folks who maybe have not felt accepted in their lives you know what i mean yeah in whatever way that could be yeah you had mentioned something super interesting uh in the reading that i was watching i can't remember exactly what what the name of the reading Mm -hmm. was so i apologize but um that was when your parents were were there and they asked you a question and i i Mm -hmm. love this what you you told them where they thought that maybe something had gone wrong or they had done something wrong um, or if you were still hurting, I guess that was the question. And you oh, right. answered that so beautifully. You said, you know, it's like slipping into old shoes or becoming a character, mm-hmm. or you, you said mm-hmm. something to that effect where you have to reach into that kind of feeling that you experienced at one point in time to share it, to bring it out. Totally. How does one come to reach that kind of peace <laughs> with, with, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, an interesting, um, difficult well, thing. Well, I think to it's overcome. all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's difficult always when you're like, when you're sourcing material from your own life, right? But you're also trying to be mindful of, of how other people intersect your own story. You know, like I, um, I didn't even become drawn to poetry until I, after my daughter was born. Mm. And I found the poets, uh, Marie Howe and Sharon Olds and Ada Limon. And um, I was just completely struck and blown over by the fact that you could use your own your own memories as a, an entry point into writing poems, you know. Yeah. And I think that like that, and really, when you think about it, poetry for me anyway is is about like connection, and you want to be able to connect to the reader, right? But also, I think there's this overall thing where we all just want to feel connected and loved, right? Mm. Um, and so when I'm writing poems, it's like I can start with a memory or something I'm thinking about, but it is almost like the speaker isn't me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't speak for other writers, but for me, it's like, it's, it's, I'm sort of channeling something else. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also, that's hard to explain though, to people that know you where they're like, Oh, I'm in this <laughs> poem. That didn't happen that way. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah. but it's a poem. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's I... not, it's not nonfiction, but no. it's hard to explain. God, I worry <laughs> about it can, be tr- it can be tricky, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm having that situation with some people in my life right now where I'm like, oh, 
they remember things differently. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't know. I I had this really great, actually, memoir teacher. So it's a different type of writing, but a great memoir teacher, Deborah Gwartney, who said like, well, if if someone, um, you know, has some has an issue with something you're writing, you can tell them to tell them to write their own book. It's like, <laughs> that's true. Like, we, I always, think all of us. Yeah. <laughs> the opportunity for rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think every person has a book in them, mm-hmm. even if they're not a writer. Like every every person's life story is fascinating and a great entry point into art, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you it's know? a it's a good way to um, educate folks on the the power of healing through the arts. And I firmly believe that. I mean, I do think Mm -hmm. that there, everyone has the ability to express something and we just need the right vehicle, the right form to really tackle it. And I had two questions and it's funny. You mentioned your, your kid, like you started writing poetry when you became a parent, because I personally felt like when my child came along, something just clicked. My writing Mm -hmm. became something a little bit more, I don't want to say transcendent. That would be too, you know, yeah. ridiculous for me, you know, but for you, what happened that led you to, to that point when you had, when you had a child? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, so I have a background in fiction writing. So when I was younger, I studied fiction and I was trying to be a fiction writer. So before, actually when I was pregnant, um, I, <laughs> I basically like, was like, I have to get this like first draft of draft of a novel out. You know, like, so I was doing that when I was pregnant and my, my wife was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I have to get this out of me. Like, there's not going to be any time once the baby's born, you know? And then what's funny is like, I haven't even looked at that thing, right? Since yeah. that, whatever that was. Yeah. But I think it was really like, almost like, I didn't know that I could be a poet. And I think mm. I, I was trying to write longer form stuff and it just wasn't really working out. Like my plot was always a little bit off and my favorite thing was always to write scenes, like these really like detailed scenes. And looking back, it's like, oh, I think I was like writing little poems all throughout mm. these like longer stories, you know? Um, and it was really finding those narrative bits that really like kind of made me think like, oh, maybe I'm a poet and never re- even knew. And then what's interesting is like, so I've always kept a journal since I was about 17. And I looked back on old journals after kind of like reading those poets and feeling like, oh, I kind of could think I could do this too. Um, And I found all these like little nuggets where I was like, oh, that could be the beginning of a poem. That could be the beginning of a poem. So I feel like maybe I just have been trying, I've been writing poems this whole time, but they've just been locked away in journals and I just didn't know. (laughs) It was just kind of my way of like processing the world. And now, now for me, it's just learning how to edit. And so I'm lucky to have some really great poets in my life who are helping me do that because that, I feel like you could just edit a poem forever. Like, yeah. how do you even know when it's done? Yeah, where you know do you I stop? Mean? I think that's always been my my issue. And I'm. it's gotten a lot easier for me with uh, writing plays because that's really a majority of the work that I do. But poems oh, cool. are, are almost like the last frontier uh, because yeah. they, they go on and on like some kind of whirlpool. They just kind of keep going mm-hmm. down into the, the real specifics of things. Now, when you were studying fiction, what made you mm-hmm. settle on fiction? That was just something that... that rang true when you were going yeah. to school? I mean, I think it's because that's mostly what I was reading at the time. Um, I loved reading novels and I was just like, I thought that I wanted to write novels too. Oh, okay. Even yeah. though I couldn't write anything longer than like 10 pages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. mean, hats off to novel writers. Like, how do they yeah, do it? Yeah, that's... You know, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> takes so much dedication to sit there day after day and also to have like such a an interesting plot that will that will sort of like captivate the reader yeah you know 
Do you remember that what I, you were writing when you were pregnant, like the thing that you had to write? What was that story? Yes. Oh, it's, it's still on my computer somewhere. It's, it was called Flood, and it was actually based on this flood that happened in, when I was a kid in the 90s hmm. in, in Jeff City. So in my mind, it was basically like um, a story about siblings who were navigating um, sort of the, this like this flood landscape. Um, and also, so maybe it was kind of sort of like a survival story, but also like maybe some family drama had happened where they had to like also fend for themselves. Uh-huh. Um, I was I was sort of basing the feeling of it off of that this really beautiful book called We the Animal, and I think the author is Justin Torres. I should look it up because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> it was it's a beautiful book, and it's a really it's really slim volume, but it has this like really beautiful energy to it. And it was about brothers. And mm-hmm. um, I was reading that, I think, at the time and thought, oh, maybe I could have a book about book like this. <laughs> yeah. We the Animals by Justin Torres. But, um, you know, I maybe there's still something there. It's like I don't want to, like, limit myself to what I, I can do in my life. I yeah. mean, I'm 42. I feel like I, maybe I could write a novel. Who knows? I mean, I also love to draw. I used to make little comics, you know, when I had more time. Um, mostly about like funny things my daughter was doing. Um, <laughs> so you got to tell make, me. I used to make little, yeah. yeah now that <laughs> you mention it, you got to tell me about the, uh, the little zines that you have on your website because I oh, yeah. adore that form. I've never actually done it myself since, I, I don't know, it's probably been like 20 years because I used to do them when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. what, oh, cool. how, does that, how does that work for you? Uh, what do you love about zines? Well, I made all those zines about, Let's see, how old am I? I must have been in my like late 20s. Um, and I think it was because I had found um, these really great comic artists like Nicole Georges, who does this really cool scene called Invincible Summer. And then um, this other comic artist, his name is Ben. I, I know him as Ben Snake Pit. Have you ever read the comic series called Snake Pit? No. Um, oh, man, it's great. It's basically like there's these, these like three panel strips. And it's basically all about this this guy's life in Austin, and he would just like go to rock shows and stuff. <laughs> then he, he would like go to work at the record store, and then go to a rock show and like drink too much. And but what's cool is like his his voice evolved over time. So his latest book, which came out a few years ago, is just called um, "Snake Pit Gets Old," and he's like <laughs> he's like you know in his front yard, and he's holding like a cup of coffee, and he has a cane, and he's like yelling at the kids, you know. Um, but I think what I found like uh, some of of you know, an amount of freedom and sort of self-expression in that way. Um, even though I, I'm not, I don't really identify as an artist as that much. Um, I, I'm not, you know, very trained in drawing, but I, uh, I love that medium for storytelling. And I think at that time in my life, um, I was just like sort of struggling with my own identity. And I, so the first thing I made was called how to come out to your grandma, because I was struggling with coming out to my grandma. And I remember like actually googling in like google how to come out to your grandma and like nothing came up and i was like oh no <laughs> so i felt like i had to write something so I, I feel like some author said that once I'm, i forget who but like if you if there isn't the book that you if there if there's a book that you're looking for that doesn't exist like you need to write it and so yeah. that's kind of how i felt about that and then um they, they would have a festival here called the zine symposium where like you could get a table and you know, sell your zines. And so I did oh, that cool. a couple of times and it was just like a really cool, fun thing to do. Um, and I kind of fell out of it after my daughter was born, but 
as it happens. Yeah. Yeah, Life speeds (laughs) up remarkably. Yeah. Oh, I know. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I just have to say that having that ability to identify that there's something that needs to be said or vocalized is so important. And I just got to give you a shout out props for that because like, like you say, you're serving a community that way. And mm-hmm. when did you feel, you know, in terms of, of your identity, how you could start paying it forward in a way where you said, this doesn't really have to be internal anymore. I can turn around and start really sharing in the mm-hmm. right way to serve others who might be in a difficult situation in terms of exploring their identity or, you know, feeling more at home with themselves. Like, do, do you think in those oh, terms or is that, is that, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I do. I mean, I think, I mean, a lot of it, I think that ha- did start with just becoming a parent and you start thinking about like, what kind of world do I want my daughter to live in? Mm. Especially as, you know, being an, as part of a two mom family. Like I, I didn't see examples of how our family could look growing up. You know, mm. I didn't even see examples of gayness growing up Catholic. Like it yeah. took me ma- basically like moving away to figure out who I was in that way, you know? Um, but I do think, so I, I love music and um, I love the, the musician Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> and I really love um, what she does with just like lifting up the voices of other women. And I think what I'm finding just, um, you know, in the, the short amount of time I've been a published poet with my chat book, my chat book just came out last year, Mother Kingdom, or mm-hmm. this year in May or March, Mother Kingdom. I went to my very first AWP. And oh, how was that? I, it was awesome. I just, I think what's really cool is like, I just feel like I fell into this really sweet community of poets who were all kind of like looking out for each other and promoting each other. And that's kind yeah. of how I want it to be. I, I don't want it to be competitive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I want it to be like, let's help out each other. And then we can maybe like put our art into the world, you know? And yeah, in yeah. a way that feels good and like can maybe reach people who feel otherwise isolated or alone. I mean, I, I really love trading in that way too, mm. you know, especially with other queer artists. It just is like a great way to get, get new perspectives. And yeah, stuff. yeah. You, you had mentioned that on the website and that, I think that's just an awesome old school thing, you know, that we need to do more. <laughs> I'll just trade you, you know, like, yeah. I wish, you know, we could, we could do that a little bit more. Um, can you tell me about uh, your chap collection and how, that came to be that preparation process to get a, a book published. I mean, that, congratulations, by the way, it's an award-winning collection, Mother Kingdom. Can Thank you, you. Can you share the journey? Yeah, well, it's only just been in, in like the last year that it's all happened. So a part of me is just kind of in disbelief. But, um, you know, I, at the time, um, you know, I was entering a lot of contests. I, I had entered a chat book contest that the Blue Mountain Review had put out. And I'd gotten second place. Um, and so that was really awesome. And then recent, like pretty soon after that, I, I bought this, this chat book called Freight by Sonia Upham. I'm going to double check that I have her name right. And it was from this press called Flappering, or sorry, Sandra, Sandra Upham. And it was just this beautiful chat book that my friend let me borrow. And mm. it was the kind of chat book that you read and you're like, oh, I have to own this. <laughs> That's, that's it. It was just her writing was just really um, moving. And so I ordered it and in the um, package was this like little flyer for a chapa contest. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I have enough poems together. I mean, basically like I didn't think about my poems in terms of them being 
a collection on their own, but mm -hmm. it, it ended up, they kind of just fit because the, they had very similar themes of like motherhood, queerness, you know, being a daughter, being, mm -hmm. um, being a mother to yourself when you didn't get those traditional um, sort of like examples as a kid. And um, so I was like, well, I'm just going to go for this. <laughs> And then lo and behold, I won. I could not believe it. <laughs> and so it's just been kind of a whirlwind since then because um, I got to just work with these really amazing editors, um, Margot Tatsiever and Mervyn Taylor and Susanna Case. They all just like kind of took me under their wing um, and helped me edit it really well. And then it was maybe like a nine month process after mm. finding out that I was the winner. Um, and we just had the launch of, for it this past March. Yeah. And what was cool about it was AWP was like the following week. And so, and their, their press, it's called Slappering, Slappering Hall Press. Um, oh, that's my daughter. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope she's fine. <laughs> you can feel free fine. to take a break if you need to, or if you need to check <laughs> on her. I totally um, get it. No, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'll just give her a minute. I mean, she is eight years old, so I think she's going to be fine. <laughs> um, so she, so the, the press is called Slappering Hall Press. So the press, they're based in the Hudson Valley and they do just really beautiful chapbooks. They have, they have an annual chapbook contest and um, it actually just closed for this past, this past mm. um, year. But yeah, it's just been a really cool experience just sort of like getting to know that press and they, they're really great in terms of just fostering, um, you know, community for like emerging writers because the chapbook contest is all is basically only for writers who have never published before. Mm. So. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, going to AWP and meeting folks that way, and I feel like everything that's happened to me since then, in terms of like readings or um, I'm, I'm in this like mentorship with AWP right now with this really great poet Alexa Duran. I feel like everything that's been happening, it's just sort of like kind of organically come my way, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do this thing or I'll do this thing next, <laughs> and it's been really awesome. You know, I'm so, just trying to like be open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a matter of, of staying open and, and just making sure that the work gets out there and then seeing what happens there. Yeah. What are some takeaways of that that experience of the publication? Some hard lessons. Have you, Did you have any during that process or things where you said, oh, I totally didn't see it this way before, but now this makes the process a lot easier? Um, I think just editing, you know, because I think like... Um, I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I can be too precious, right? Or it's like, oh gosh, should a comma go there? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't envision it having commas or, or even just the way things were reordered at first. I was like, was this the, you know, original intention? Mm -hmm. um, and, but like, it also was a really great experience just to see like, well, this is actually how you go through prof like professional editing with a press. Mm -hmm. um, and also just learning how to do promotion and learning how to just like put myself out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, How's Twitter been yeah. for you in terms of? Oh, Twitter's <laughs> been, yeah, really interesting. I mean, I met you that way, which is really cool. Um, you know, I like, I, I try to like dip in and out of social media because if I'm on there too long, it kind of, you know, makes me feel a little bit too overwhelmed because Same. I feel like you could just be on there all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I've been trying to make my Twitter just more sort of like writing focused, um, which, so I, my feed is, pretty much all writing stuff. But mm. I also can't really figure out the algorithm to be honest, right? Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. Some stuff that is suggested to me, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> wait, why why am I getting your tweet? Uh, right. 
you know, and who knows what's going to happen if Elon Musk actually buys it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a crapshoot and, you know, only favorites are going to get, you know, floated to the top or something. I, I have no idea. But oh, uh, in terms of, of using social media and, and mm-hmm. sort of getting the word out, are there some things that you, you know to be kind of tried and true or things that you think are going to help get the word out about your publication? Maybe other things that you could pass on to others? Well, I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, I think having this mentorship is really helpful because the poet I'm working with has a couple of collections out. And so she, she has all these like newsletters and things. And she's like, okay, check this page because this, this is going to help you with like submitting. And mm. um, I'm just, you know, I basically am just like, I do Twitter and Instagram and like, I kind of dip in and out of Facebook because Facebook overwhelms me. <laughs> And it's yeah. it's just too much. It's just like everyone I know in one place. And that's like, I need to like compartmentalize a little bit sometimes. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I mostly just do Instagram and Twitter, to be honest, and mm. then try to like, try to keep my website updated. But that's also tricky. Um, yeah. With it's a, just, yeah. I'm still learning how to do it all. It's just like so yeah. much. <laughs> and, and with the parent life, I mean, there's, there's always a balance to be, to be struck there. Um, what's, Oh, definitely. Yeah. How do you work now with, with your kids? I mean, do you just kind of pick up the napkin and, you know, write wherever, or, or do you have a set time (laughs) where you say, you know, you, you tell your partner, you know what, this is Mm -hmm. my, my time. This is what I need to do. Well, I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very deadline motivated. So at this point I pretty much am working on something consistently if I have a deadline. But I just actually cut back my hours at work at the library to, to focus more on um, mm. my writing. So that's going to be a little, oh, cool. little bit more, more time. And I think I'm, that way I'll have more of a structured schedule. Um, it's actually something that Alexa is helping me with because I think because I, I have, I'm trying to write new poems and also promote my chat book at the same time. Yeah. It's like I, I, I have to kind of divide all of those things. So she, she like thought of a schedule where I would you know, each day do something different. Um, oh, awesome. So I, when she, when she sent it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been waiting for because I basically just <laughs> do it all at once and then feel really overwhelmed. <laughs> um, and it's supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Oh, but going back to promotion, what is fun is um, I met this really cool poet named Darla Himalis, um mm. at AWP and um, she's also queer and has a kid and we just really like immediately hit it off. And so we, I've been figuring out how to like do promotion together oh, awesome. for our books. And I think like, that's one thing that is um, kind of fun that, that like, I feel like, you know, musicians have that with, they have a band, they have like people helping them out. And I feel like poets, like writing can just be so lonely mm-hmm. that I feel like for me, I, it's all about like finding that community. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. been kind of fun to sort of like strategize promotion with another poet and figure, figuring out like giveaways and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it doesn't have to be lonely at all. You could do like uh, no. like dual tours, you know, or something where yeah. you're, you're doing cool stuff like that. Um, I just got a couple more questions to be mindful of your okay. time, uh, as I know the little sure. one might be getting anxious. But um... <laughs> oh, my my wife's home now, so we're, oh, we're all awesome. good. But yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, what are some some things that are really lighting you up i know you mentioned brandy brandy carlisle and there's there's mm-hmm. a couple of poets that you've mentioned but what are some works that have you know taken your breath away in recent uh recent weeks or months oh gosh well you know what's interesting is i just read um i just read this book called stone butch blues by leslie feinberg and it's like this um 
it was written in the 90s and it's a book that I've always been needing to read just as a, a, a gay person but it was basically like one of the first um kind of like fiction portrayals of uh sort of like a gender queer person and or a trans person and um just reading that book and thinking about just and it, she was basically it was set in like the, the 50s mm-hmm. 60s 70s um and it just reminded me of just like the rich complex history that that the gay community has you know especially because it was set in new york and it talked about stonewall and i just um i wouldn't i just feel like as a gay person i i almost am embarrassed by my lack of knowledge of us about some of our mm-hmm. history and i am really drawn to stories that portray that and i want to do my own independent research to just because it's like we think about how far we've come like we have federal gay marriage now but then thinking about the political landscape now it's like who knows what's going to happen and i just feel like my family you know in portland it's it's not that abnormal to have a two-mom family but that's not true in every state you know Mm. what i mean and i just think like what does the future hold for us Mm. um but i also just started reading um let me see if i have it here this book called by um audrey lord your silence will not protect you Oh, it's so good. Um, written a long time ago, but just really beautiful essays mm. about queerness. Um, and she talks a lot about like racism and, you know, so, so like light reading, you know, <laughs> but I feel like I'm <laughs> reading, necessary. Um, yeah. I'm reading yeah. a lot of different things. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I read a lot of different things sort of all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always reading poetry. Yeah. That's something that's like constant. I just got Ada Limon's new book. Oh, yeah. It's called. Yeah. Oh beautiful oh awesome that one's one that i do want to read but it's funny you mentioned that um you feel like you have to catch up and i think it might be Mm -hmm. a small town thing right where maybe there Mm -hmm. there were some things that you just kind of had to kind of stumble your way through and try to figure out um oh yeah i (laughs) this is so so dumb i know it's totally not the same thing but one of the things that i remember because i was raised in wyoming so population Mm -hmm. twelve thousand people in a small town and you know I was raised with Mormons, <laughs> you know, that was like oh, wow. a, a majority of what I, what I knew. And then eventually, you know, I would come to know a little bit more about my own community. I think that's why right. Twitter and the online resources are so great. You get to discover yeah. and find more about your culture. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating the world that we're in, but, um, definitely lastly here in regards to community, mm-hmm. how important is it? for you to continue to have this voice for your community uh what can we use this work for your art um oh wow that's a great question i mean i think it just goes back to like connection and feeling like you're not alone especially if you're in a small town and you feel like you're the only gay person or or you feel like you you know that you feel like the people surrounding you are are giving you messaging that you don't matter and I feel like, I mean, all of us matter, right? And especially if we grow up feeling different in any way, I think there's this feeling of wanting to be normal. Like, I remember thinking that a lot as a kid, like, I wish I was normal, I wish my family was normal. Um, and, it, but like, just if we only could just have our young people grow up, even if they're in small towns, to just automatically know that like, that is a gift. You know, your difference is a gift. and it makes the world a beautiful, complex place. Um, and I think like right now the world just feels so fractured 
And it, it can feel like it's just the end, honestly. Maybe that's my age talking, but <laughs> all the things we've been experiencing the last few years, it's just like, okay, what's next? But um, it's, I think it's also just this time of really interesting transformation and we can choose what we do with our energy. And to me, I just want to connect and like uplift others that maybe haven't had access to the same resources as me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't so, agree more. Yeah, And art is just such a wonderful way to experience that because you can just see the world through someone else's eyes. uh is is there anything else that you'd like to add any any kind of um you know upcoming events that you might have going on or um any stuff that you got going on i mean i have some events coming up this weekend i'm not sure when this is going to air but um yeah i mean my um my website is just my name andreadeacon.com um i'll be probably doing some like zoom readings this summer and then if you're in portland i might be doing some portland readings and yeah, just I'd love to connect. <laughs> you know, I'm working on I'm working on some poems for a full length. So that's my next project is to try to get a full length together. Oh, that's wonderful! So, wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank I you. I think this is a this has been a wonderful time, and I really can't thank you enough for um well first of all for your courage to be open about your experience, putting it out into the world, and making people feel less lonely, feel like they have a place where they belong within your work, and it's incredibly inspiring. And of course, for the, yeah, your, your amazing work that you're doing. So I, I think it's been a wonderful time and I really wish you the best in the next collection and I'll be Thank around you. if you, if you hope to promote your next one, I'll be around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. This is so wonderful and such a great space to have for, for creative folks. So I just appreciate all the, all the stuff you're doing. Oh, so awesome. thanks for having me. It's an honor to talk to you. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Well, hopefully we'll catch up down the road. Right on. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll I'll let you get back to your little ones. I I gotta go ahead and put mine okay. to bed. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You too. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. You. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey there. Before I go, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying Arts Calling, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen to these episodes. Every little bit helps to bring awareness about these wonderful artists that we're featuring on this podcast. And don't forget to say hi. I'm over on Twitter at CruiseFolio, and I would love to hear from you, love to know what you're working on, and I wish you the best in life and craft. Make art, make haste, and much love.